With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oppo, featuring SuperVook, lightning quick smartphone charging tech. This is Phoenix Nation on SENZ. Yes, good afternoon. It is three minutes past three here on SENZ. This is Phoenix Nation. Thanks to Oppo. Ricardo Ball with you for the next hour ahead of the run home, uh, which will feature Kerr Stanway and uh, Mark Richardson. Yes, it's been a bit of a revolving cast with Beaver in France and Angus Tarvau's uh, wife uh, giving birth earlier than expected. We've had a bit of a revolving cast. We've had Jeff Wilson, Steve Devine, and now Mark Richardson. What a lineup that is. That's coming up for you after uh, four o'clock. Uh, coming up today on Phoenix Nation, though, Scott Wooten, uh, the Phoenix centre-back uh, out of the UK, out of Manchester originally, a big United fan as well. He's going to join us a little bit later on uh, in the hour, and we'll have a bit of a chat to him about Western, Un- uh, Western Sydney Wanderers that they're playing today, uh, playing this weekend, I should say. Uh, the change of coach for next season as well, uh, how he is with that. And uh, we'll also talk to him about uh, Manchester United uh, playing Seville tomorrow morning, Sevilla tomorrow morning in the Europa League as well. Actually, tomorrow on that, Western City Wanderers are favourites. They're $1.72 favourites. The West, uh, Wellington Phoenix are $4.33. The draw is at three seventy-five. And the way that the table looks at the moment from a Phoenix point of view uh, well, you know, four weeks ago you would have been hoping there was a possibility of a home semi-final. That is not the way things have rolled out, uh, given the way that things have gone in terms of results on the field. It does mean that the Phoenix can catch Western Sydney and Central Coast Mariners, but need to win both games and need to have both those sides drop games and need a swing and goal difference as well. So uh, it doesn't look likely that we will be playing home semi-finals. Also, Dale Warburton from the Yellow Fever, Wellington Phoenix Fan Club, is going to join us a little bit later on as well. And uh, we're going to get his take on not only the appointment of Giancarlo Italiano to the uh, Wellington Phoenix uh, head coaching role, but also that we will uh, talk to him about the season so far, get him to reflect on the season and see what he has made of it. At the moment, this is what the table looks like. Melbourne City are on 49 points after 24 games. So they are eight points clear of Adelaide United and are officially uh, the regular season champions as they have finished top of the league. Uh, then you've got Adelaide United, currently three points clear in second place, which at this stage would give them a weekend off. Uh, would give them a weekend off, but uh, we'll have to see if that plays out because just three points behind them, as mentioned, Central Coast Mariners and Western Sydney Wanderers are both on 38 points. Then the Phoenix on 32, tied with Sydney. Uh, same goal difference as well, but Phoenix are ahead in fifth place uh, due to goals scored. They've scored 38 to Sydney's 36. And then outside of the playoffs at the moment are the Newcastle Jets on 29, Western United, the defending champions, on 29, Perth Glory on 28, and the Brisbane Roar 
on 27. The Melbourne victory officially cannot make it. The most amount of points they can get us now is 31. MacArthur very much an outside chance of making it if they don't win this weekend. And if Sydney and uh, or if Sydney and Wellington both win this weekend, uh, then MacArthur are gone as well. So are Brisbane. So yeah, it's uh, it's fine lines. Very fine lines for the Wellington Phoenix and for uh, the A-League, the way the ladder is looking at the moment. Um, because yeah, it is certainly getting to uh, what Sir Alex Ferguson used to refer to as squeaky bum time, having a look around the rest of the A-League and how it's shaping up. So uh, it's a Friday night game for the Phoenix, of course, tomorrow night against West Sydney Wanderers. Then on Saturday afternoon, uh, well, 7 o'clock New Zealand time, uh, the Jets host the Mariners. Uh, that is a big game because it is the big A3 derby over there. Uh, the Mariners are favourites at $2, the Jets 3, the draw 3.50. And then that night, Saturday night, Western United, 375 uh, outsiders. They host Melbourne City, $1.72, the draw 4 bucks. Not sure what Melbourne will look like, the Melbourne City side, because they will have rested a few players. You would think anybody with a niggle with two rounds to go will get a game off now that they are uh, confirmed in first place. Uh, then on Sunday, Melbourne Victory host MacArthur. As I said, Melbourne Victory are done. They cannot make the playoffs, but they are still a $1.45 favourites. MacArthur, five fifty. MacArthur has an outside chance of making it. The draw is at four thirty three. And then Perth Glory, $2.88 uh, they are paying to beat Adelaide. It is in Perth. Adelaide, though, favourites at 2 and They're currently second on the table. It's a tough road trip, though, that one. The draw, three fifty. And then on Monday, the Brisbane Raw hosting Sydney FC. Sydney at $2.30. Brisbane Raw at $2.80. The draw, three thirty. If Brisbane get a, a win there, to, she's all on to, uh, with one round uh, to play in the A-League because uh, Brisbane Raw would be very, very close on the heels uh, if they get a win there. That'll put them on 30 to Sydney's 32, and that's not counting what happens with Western United, Perth and Newcastle as well, who could also close the gap. Yeah, it's just struggling to get hold of uh, the new boss man at the Wellington Phoenix at the moment, so we'll take a break, and uh, when we come back, Scott Wooten joins us. 13 past three here on Phoenix Nation, thanks to Oppo, and joining us uh, out of the airport to getting ready to fly to Sydney is uh, the man they call Chiefy. Uh, G'day Giancarlo, how are you? Very good, thank you for uh, taking my call, uh, uh, it's been a hectic uh, last couple of days, so it's good to good to catch up. Yeah, mate, it is. I, I tell you what, you've been uh, you've been busy on the phone. I've heard you all over the shop, but uh, it's great, mate. Congratulations again on getting the gig. I guess the big question is, when you step up next year to the uh, to the to the big boss's seat, do you have to drop the the Y from from the nickname? Can they just call you Chief, or he's going to uh, roll with Chiefy still? Yeah, Chief or Chief is is fine. Um, yeah, that, that I've had that nickname for a while now, so I've had different variations. I'm, I'm really open to anything. How do you reckon your role's going to change next year, uh, particularly in terms of, I guess, player relationships and things like that? That's uh, a good question. I, I think the the big thing is uh, with any head coaching role, uh, there there's always a, a there needs to be a, a sense of authority within the role, uh, and that that's most head coaches usually um, prefer a buffer. Um, uh, you know, that, and that's the role of the assistants, and that's something I've done with Ophi for the last four years. Um, there's always an approach where, and I don't mean like a buffer where there, there's no contact, but you know, just generally, you know, like there's, uh, you know, uh, players deal with coaches at um, at a very important um, at a very important level. I probably uh, carry that carry that on that sort of um, that role. So it's really important who I bring in as an assistant and uh, and establish those. Um, those relationships. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I, I always look back to, you know, say Ferguson and Kidd uh, at United in, the, in those uh, Ferguson's early days. The kid was very much the arm around the shoulder guy, and Ferguson was the hair dryer treatment. Don't mess with me, guy. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, don't see the Ferguson in you personally, but I don't know you that well. Um, but I mean, that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Look, uh, you know, sometimes um, the relationship can be a good cop, bad cop. Uh, I'm still very open with my players. I, I, I like to think that uh, deep down, um, you know, the player will play for play for the coach, but I also understand that at senior level, um, at, at this level, you know, a, a players obviously playing for contracts, playing for uh, livelihood, and um, so their motivation shouldn't be questioned. So I still like to think, you know, <clears throat> you can get the best out of um, out of a player by by you know uh, being a genuine person as well, and them understanding what you what you know what you want from them in the team. So um, yeah, but I, I can play the the bad cop. I, I uh, you know, I, I do have the ability to to change up my my temperament uh, when need be, um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't like to to use that all the time. Mm, no, it gets tired if you do it all the time, right? It's, mm. It stops having any impact, That's mate. Right. Um, what about your assistance then? How far away from you are are, are you from announcing that? Um, well, I'm in discussions now with a couple of candidates, and I'm um, just going through the um, the, the process and being as thorough as possible, making sure I get the right person in. So hopefully within a couple of weeks. And uh, I mean, my main priority at the moment is is not not uh, dealing with what's happening next season. Is making sure that we we finish uh, this season on the mm. on the best possible note, and that's making the semi-finals and 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 then winning the grand final. Yeah, hundred percent. And we'll we'll get to that in a minute because yeah. I did want to ask you a little bit sure. about that. I, I saw uh, an Australian uh, football outlet talking about how it's a complete rebuild and the Phoenix is going to be this, that, and the other for the next few seasons. And I'm like, as far as I'm aware, we're only losing three players and four of the five import slots are are already locked in for next season. So it doesn't feel like that to me at all. It feels like there's a, there's actually a great amount of continuity uh, going to be going on next season, considering there's been a change at the top. Yeah, well, that, that's the uh, that's oh, I think a, a massive plus. You know, where we've got 13 players at the moment locked in, and, and um, potentially you're going to um, resign uh, one or two players from the existing squad, and which will give me a large core to work with. Something that we we probably haven't done over the last four years. You know, because our players are highly sought after, um, especially the foreigners after the first even second year. So I think there's been a, a really good forward planning even at the beginning of last season uh, by Ufi and uh, uh, the coaching staff and um, uh, and Gilly uh, with signing players on longer-term deals and, and looking to have more stability long-term. So um, I don't think, yeah, I think uh, four out of five foreigners uh, also indicates a, a long-term vision plan. Mm. It does, yeah. I mean, Jan, I, I mean, you, you've got to have those conversations with him, of course, but from the outside looking in, given we're losing, uh, you know, Stephen Ugarkovic and Clayton Lewis next season, uh, can you find Kiwis and Aussies to fill those positions or is that going to be an import slot and then you go, can Ben Old do that job for you um, uh, that Jan Sass has done this season on a more regular basis? So those, those are all questions that you'll have rattling around in your head at the moment. Yeah, these are they're all they're all really good, uh, good and complex questions. Um, for me, uh, I'm I've I've always come through the the youth system, and and I know the local landscape now in Australia and New Zealand. There's always talent um, wanting an opportunity, so I don't think it will be shorter players that can come in and fill those spots. Um, for me, it's more about balance. 
and making sure that we have the right balance in the squad moving forward in, uh, in terms of depth and in terms of challenging for positions and also challenging for, uh, for, for results. So that's something that once the season's done and um, uh, we, we see uh, what, what, what plays we have, then we can you know, just move forward from there. Yeah, all right. Well, let's look at uh, this weekend. Then Western Sydney Wanderers away. Um, it, it could potentially be a, uh, a precursor to a finals game, couldn't it? The way that the ladder looks at the moment. Yeah, definitely. So I think if we if we win, and then um, if the teams are around about where where they are for the last round, we could be playing them again. So, but I think this potentially is the first semi final. Um, and that's the mentality the group needs to take into these last two games uh, in order to get to that to that big semi-final. Um, and then I think from there, once we get into the semi-finals and we can we can take some form, um, uh, you know, into those games, I think anything's possible. I think this group is a very talented group. We've got um, potentially one of the best strikers in the league. We've got a very um, a very good midfield, um, and um, you know, we've got a very good. Defence with Oli Sale and goals, so I think uh, on our day, all those teams will be fearful of us. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, mate. What about um, the Western Sydney captain Marcelo? Uh, he is available for this game. He, he only set out two for what looked like a couple of chokeholds and running from distance to get involved, and it's 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 not his first rodeo, as it were, this season as well. You, were you surprised he only got two? I thought he might get rubbed out for the rest of the uh, regular season. Uh, to be fair, I um, I didn't really pay much attention. I, I saw the scuffle, but um, I didn't really see directly um, how uh, how he got involved. So I can't really comment on that. But um, look, you know, in every game uh, uh, this year, um, there's a lot of passion. There's a lot of fire with 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 all with all the teams. There's a you know there are derbies uh, every couple of weeks. Um, there's always good matchups. So. These things are expected. Um, there's always a bit of fire, you know. Even in our last game, um, you know, he was involved with um, some of our players at the end of the game. But look, you know, I, I'd, I'd rather see passion on the field than uh, than no passion at all. Um, you mentioned Oscar Zavada. Well, I assume that's who you meant by having one of the best strikers in the league. The way he's cracking on at the moment, mate. He, he did come off against Brisbane yes. with what looked like a hip problem, uh, but he's travelling, so he's good to good to go and play ninety if needed. Yeah, no, everyone's fine. So um, there's no there's no injury concerns with anyone. Perfect, man. Perfect. That's what we want to hear. Uh, good stuff, Giancarlo. Hey, listen, I know that you're uh, through the other side there. You'll be wanting to shop for your giant Toblerone, so we'll let you go. Uh, travel safe, my friend, <laughs> and uh, and hopefully you can bring three points back for us, eh? Yep, no problem. Appreciate that, Ricardo. Cheers, mate. Uh, Giancarlo Italiano, uh, the assistant coach of the Wellington Phoenix this season, head coach of the Wellington Phoenix for next season. That is the change that has happened. Uh, you can get through to us here on double eight double three double eight double three if you've got uh, a pick in mind, someone you think the Phoenix should sign for next season, whether it's out of our National League or from abroad or from within the A-League, let us know. Double eight, double three is the number. We're going to uh, go to news a little bit early here, I think, and uh, when we come back, Scott Wooten, before he jumps on the plane to Sydney, is going to join us. You're on SENZ. This is Phoenix Nation. Thanks to Oppo and joining us from the airport as the team get ready to jet over to Sydney is Scott Wooten, uh, centre back extraordinaire for the Wellington Phoenix. How you doing, Scott? Yes, all good. Thanks, thanks, Ricardo. Yeah, and yeah, no, I'm looking forward to the game. Um, yeah, as you said, coming in the airport, but um, 
yeah, looking forward to getting over there, and, and it's a big game. Yeah, massive game, mate, massive game. Uh, and one, it's kind of funny, if you look at the table, I suppose, uh, there's every chance that the in the playoffs, uh, that first playoff game will be in Sydney against Western Sydney Wanderers, the way the league looks at the moment. Yeah, obviously that's how it's uh, shaping up currently, but, um, you know, I wouldn't, if I'm not a betting man, but I'm sure there'll be loads of ups and downs in these last two games. I think so, so many teams have got so much to play for. I think Western Sydney still can get a chance at second. Central Coast, obviously, are, are pushing. And then there's obviously a host of teams who can finish um, fifth or sixth. So, you know, we obviously want to finish as high as we can. That's currently in fifth. But, you know, there's so many twists and turns that will, will happen throughout the, the 90 minutes to come. You know, Western Sydney will try and finish high. We want to get as close to them as possible. And, you know, like you but you're right. If, if, if it stays how it is, then this could be um, this could be a sort of, of uh, a practice match for a, a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you can't really afford to look at it like that, but at the same time, that must be in the back of your mind and there might be things that you you think about from this game that you can take forward. No, like you just said, we, we, we can't afford for one second to, to look at it or to even think of it like that. We've got to go ahead and get the job done and try and win the game, which which we'll be, we'll be going to do. Um, I think maybe if, you know, fast forward two games and that is the case, Potentially, then you, you will look back on this game because it is so recent. You know, the game earlier on in the season will have you know less relevance because the teams change. They've had new signings. We've, um, you know, it, it's too far to go. It's too far away to go to um, to sort of relate to. But this game will be, you know, being round twenty five. It'll be fresh in our memories, and teams aren't going to change that much. So, yeah, if we do get to that stage, I'm sure we'll look at this. But it's it's not being in our thinking whatsoever because it's it's too crucial to to think ahead. Uh, are you surprised that Marcelo is available for this game, mate? I mean, given what he got banned for, I thought he'd get longer than two weeks. Yeah, I actually thought initially it was three games that would obviously rule him out of this game, but uh, well, listen, it's out of our control. Yeah, I, I was probably surprised. It wasn't the first time he'd done it this season. He'd done it against us uh, in Wollongong. I think he'd done it again in between. So, yeah, I thought it was quite a lenient um Lenient punishment, especially when you know you look at what Jan Sasko throws early on in the season for something that was a complete and utter accident. Um, yeah, but listen, we can only control what we can control. Who they have available to them is is, is up to them. And like I said, you know, as as players, we can only focus on, on bringing our bringing our A game and putting in a good performance and hopefully getting three points. Who's the biggest pest in the Wellington Phoenix squad, mate? Who are you telling to you know when you wander out there? You go, just get under his skin, he'll lose his head. In our squad, yeah. Who's the biggest pest? Who would you put on Marcelo to wind him up to get him to lose his head? We know he's got he, he's uh, got it in him. I think yeah. I think I think hopefully Zavada can um, can hopefully cause us some problems from a physical point of view. Um, David Ball obviously will play up front. Costa Barbarossa's we've got pace that he won't like. Uh, Bali will pick clever positions up that he won't like. But you know, I think I remember. I remember in the in the previous game, uh, Payne was marking him from set pieces and. Um, he was getting right under the skin. He, he obviously wanted to be be uh, physical and aggressive, and and he ended up lashing out. I think at Paney, which caused the um, caused a bit of a ruffle at the end of the game. So listen, we're not going to we're going to go into the game to try and win fair and square, of course, play our football and, and see where it takes us. But you know, he has got a bit of a reputation as uh, someone who's got a bit of ill discipline. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, uh, yeah, I'd imagine Paney. You wouldn't want it. You wouldn't want a room with Paney, would you? He'd get under your skin pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually have been with him a couple of times last season. He's a good lad, but yeah, 
that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> mate. Uh, what about uh, from from your point of view? Uh, look at this team um, loaded with attacking talent. Who are you looking at that you know that you need to keep an eye on? You know, the, for that full ninety minutes, and you can't switch off. I think obviously the obvious one is Brandon Bellello. He, he seems to be the one who's, who's banging form for him at the minute. Uh, even scoring for Australia, he, he's, he's scoring goals every week for them. But I, I don't think they, the way they play, they don't appear to have a direct number nine who who you'll be up against constantly for 90 minutes. They seem to float about and, and roam around and try and cause you problems in that way. But listen, he's the obvious name. He's, um, for them this season, he, he's the one in form. He's the one who, who they look to as the talisman. So he, he, you know, he's the foot on the forefront of your mind that you're going to need to keep quiet and get tied to in order to stop them, stop them scoring. Yeah, I mean, and that's that is the key. Uh, you know, managed to stop the uh, staunch the bleeding a little bit, if you like. That two-all draw against uh, the Raw last weekend after, after three losses on the bounce, but that did, you know, from a fan point of view, watching it, uh, I was like, I almost felt like a bit of a loss because we had so many chances. We, you know, could have scored four or five and didn't quite put them to the sword when it was two-one. Yeah, it does. It does feel feel exactly like like a loss, like you just said. You know, when you, you know, listen, they had a couple of chances, probably one good chance in each half, but the goals that they've scored again, one is a, a penalty, which is a, you know a sloppy mistake from us, something that we didn't need to do, and then obviously we get ourselves back in the game. We we scored a really good goal. We dominated in the second half. I thought we played really well. And like you said, we, we could have scored four or five, maybe even six. We had that many good chances on, on a different day. Uh, you know that game is four one. It's completely done. But while there's only a one goal margin in, in the game, um, you know there's always a chance for the opposition to, to get a set piece goal or a lucky breakaway. Or it doesn't matter how dominant you've been. If you don't put teams to the sword, you always leave yourself open to, to get punished. And I think we've we've done it a couple of times this season. Essentially, I think Central Coast away, we we, we went great. We we hung in the game. They missed some chances, and it gives. You hope as the opposition, knowing that the other team are missing chances, you think, listen, we only need one chance and we can get something out of the game. And, you know, that's what Brisbane did. They, they, they had a set piece that they, you know, they, they talk and, and you come away from it a lot, a lot more disappointed. Obviously, not having took the three points, that would have been good for us. But listen, we're still fifth um, it's in our hands. So we've just got to go in this game very positive, focusing on getting the three points. Yeah, 100%, man, 100%. And, you know, it's been a big week for the club too. You know, not only is do we know that Ufuk's leaving, but we know who's taking over next year. Uh, and from your point of view, it must be, uh, I guess, a bit of, I don't know if relief's the right word, but it's good to know, it's comforting to know you're going to be in a safe pair of hands and a pair of hands, you know, it's not uh, some unknown quantity coming in. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's good for everybody. I think it's a great appointment from the club for them reasons. Um, I think it's great, obviously, for Chiefy that he, he already has a, a full idea of the squad. He's been involved in all the, the recruitment processes throughout the last four years. You know, obviously, all the players that are, are technically his players and the current manager's players. Uh, so he, it's easy for him making decisions rather than, you know, like you say, a fresh manager coming in who wants to see everyone, wants to make his own mind up, wants to watch games back and all these things. So I think you know there's going to be no bedding in period for for the players and for the manager. We can hit the ground running in pre-season straight away because, it's, like you say, nothing's new. There's no freshness um, in terms of ideas or or um, I mean, sorry, I'm sure there's going to be fresh ideas, but Chief already will have a just as good of that idea of the playing squad as anyone else, especially a, a new person coming in. So yeah, no, it's, I'm I'm really pleased for him. I'm delighted for him, um, and I think it's a really good appointment from the club.
Yeah, uh, 100%, mate. I, I couldn't agree more. What, what about, uh, you know, obviously he's his own person as well, um, Chiefy. Um, how do you think things might change in terms of style? I, I know he's worked with Ufi for a long time, so that there'll be probably more similarities than differences. But having been in some of his sessions, do you think there's anything he might look to change for next season? I honestly have no idea that we we won't know that probably till next season. And like you say, you know, I'm, I'm sure um, he might tweak things ever so slightly because he is his own man. Yeah, he's, he's worked with Uppy, um now for for four seasons, so I'm, I'm pretty sure to be as assistant, he doesn't completely disagree with everything that's got on. But he is also his own man. He might you know tweak that thing here or there. I'm sure the philosophy isn't going to change too much because, like I say, if you're a manager, you want staff. Um, all singing off the same hymn sheet, which I'm sure, I'm sure Uffy and Chiefy have done. So you know, I can't see wholesale changes. I can just see you know, little tweaks here or there um, to carry on the good, you know, the brilliant work that, that Uffy has done. Yeah, yeah, mate. I'm uh, looking forward to uh, seeing what he does. But obviously, we've got the season uh, to get through first. There are a couple of games left before we hit the playoffs. Um, next season, um, we will have, I guess, some continuity, not only with Chiefy, but I think we've got 12 players signed for next season, including four of the five imports. And they're working on Callan Elliott and a few others. So do you feel like uh, it's going to be much of a transitional season, or do you think it'll the continuity will be there? No, I think you just said it. You know, we've got a large, large group of players already locked in for next season. Um, a lot of them players, you probably will class starting players as well. So, um, yeah, hopefully the continuity, the, the more building of relationships, the longer time spent together. Obviously, now a lot of the new managers as well. I, I personally think in, in football, with so much change and, and so much constant transition with shell lives of managers and player contracts. I personally think it's a very, very good thing heading into next season. But, you know, like you said, we've got huge games coming up now and we don't want to write the season off yet. We've got a real bit between our teeth to finish the season well and once you hopefully get into the playoffs and then once you get into the playoffs, you know, who knows what can happen as, as we saw last year with Western United. Yeah, yeah, mate. Um, uh, looking forward to uh, that. Looking forward to this weekend, of course. And looking forward to tomorrow morning, uh, Manchester United and, and Seville. Um Blew a 2 0 lead with a couple of ugly own goals uh, in the first leg. Got a few injury issues, mate. What do you think is going to happen in Seville tomorrow morning? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough game. Really, really tough. Them places, when you're going away, them places in Europe are incredibly tough. I think Seville have done incredibly well in that competition as well. I think they, they see that as a, a competition that they always, always go to the, go deep into it. So, and uh, again, with the history they've got, added with the injuries. Man United currently have got um, I, I think it'll be a huge huge victory if they can get through that game and, and into the next round into the semi-finals so yeah fingers crossed they can do it but it won't be easy No it will not be mate that is for sure uh, and and just on that because you know Harry Maguire I'm, I'm not his biggest fan but I thought he copped a lot of unnecessary <laughs> stick after that own goal. You're not the only one, are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I, I didn't think that that own goal was his fault. He was doing what most guys in that position would have done. He was, he was trying to block a shot. It just didn't go for him. Well, where, where are you on that one? Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Listen, he, he's come in for a lot of criticism over the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, <laughs> there is a part of me that does feel a little bit sorry for him because... I'm with you, Ricardo. I don't think he's at the calibre of a Man United player, but 
ultimately that's not really his fault. He didn't sign himself. He didn't pay eighty million pounds for himself. So with that comes such a big added pressure. And you know he's he's coming to the club. People are looking at the likes of Vidic, Ferdinand, Bruce, Pallister, Yapsna, all these brilliant centre backs that Man United have always had. And then you pay the same money or just even more money than that you pay for Maguire and you did for Van Dijk. And you look at what he's achieved over the similar time period. And there's all these constant comparisons and he's judged so highly and, and I, I just don't think he's capable of, of anywhere near them level. So, you know, like I say, part of me does feel a bit sorry for him because I, I feel if he played to, I don't know, maybe a, a slightly lesser club like a Tottenham or obviously he was already at Leicester. I think, you know, people would be talking about what a, what a really, really good player is, but I think it just also highlights how difficult it is to, to, to play and be successful at a club like Man United. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, mate. Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, where do you reckon he'll pitch up next season? Newcastle a chance? Well, uh, yeah, uh, they were the other club I, I was sort of looking for. You know, a really, really good team. Because, he, he, listen, he is a really good player. But, you know, again, these top, top, the Man City's, yeah, Man United, Liverpool's, Arsenal's, these top, top teams, it's so, so difficult to, to play for them. We can, every single mistake is scrutinised and shown worldwide in front of millions and millions of people. And, uh, you know, also the style of play, you know, Man United, he, he's asked to stand on the halfway line 1v1 with players who everyone knows are quicker than him. It's not a, a comfortable position to be in as a centre-back, whereas when he was at Leicester and he's, he's on the edge of his box and he's defending crosses and when he plays for England, they also play in a similar way and they're very deep and it's the more compact. He, he, looks, he looks a different player. So, yeah, like I say, I, I think if he was to go to Newcastle or, or somewhere else, I think it wouldn't surprise you if, if in the year time everyone's going, oh, actually, Maguire's a really good player, but it's, it's just different. It is different. There's no denying that. Yeah, 100%, mate. All right. Hey, listen, thanks very much for your time, Scott. We'll let you go. Uh, best of luck at Western Sydney this weekend. No problem, mate. Ricardo. No fingers, fingers crossed you bring back the three points. Thank mate. you very much. Cheers. This is Phoenix Nation on SENZ. Thanks to Oppo and from Yellow Fever, Dale joins us now to give us a fan perspective. Uh, g'day, Dale. How's things? Yeah, pretty good. How about yourself? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good, good. Uh, we had the news this week. Of course, uh, the new head coach has been announced, uh, Giancarlo Italiano, someone we know quite a lot about. He's been part of the organisation for a few years now. What was your reaction to that announcement? I think it, um, I guess it makes makes sense on a on a number of levels. I think he's been historically uh, in the A League. Uh, all the successful coaches that have have been um, locals, and, and and that's for get a good reason in terms of, you know, knowing the league and the players and all that and that kind of stuff. So um, I guess that immediately kind of reduces your, your coaching uh, pool and, and um, you know, I guess promoting within is, is uh, I guess, a sort of a blueprint that's worked previously uh, at a number of clubs. And um, I guess the Phoenix are going to give it a go the first time uh, this time around. It's interesting, the timing, I, th- I think, of this as well. It, it shows, I think, that Phoenix, uh, the Phoenix have learnt from maybe other codes and other clubs as how not to do things regarding coaching appointments. It feels like they've stayed ahead of the curve this season. We've seen it with the rumours coming out that players are leaving and post-seasons, you know, uh, they might have just sat on their hands and said nothing and refused to talk about it. But they've been quite open about it and they've, they've been quite proactive in coming out and, and making announcements even during the season. Yeah, well, I, I think if, I think they've kind of taken the stance of, of looking at home at first, and um, you know, I guess a lot of clubs have, have conducted you know worldwide searches only to, to pick their assistant after you know two or three months. So um, I guess the fans kind of looked at it and go, well, the, the chances of finding anyone you know significantly better are uh, pretty slim, and it's, and it's easier to 
uh, and more efficient and, and um, you know, gives you a continuity by, by selecting someone from um, you know, closer to the club as, as possible. What do you think Giancarlo Italiano's team will look like and how do you think it'll be different to Ufuk Tales? <laughs> you might ask him that one. Um, I've got no idea if he's good and I've got no idea whether it'll work out or, or whether it doesn't, and, and no one really does. But um, I've got to say that kind of blueprint of of, of going from a, a coach that is, um, has, has connections with the A League um, and may not have head coaching experience in the A League, but has, has certainly been in and around the scene for a while, is a blueprint that's worked in the past. So um, I guess I guess from that, I'm sure he'll have his own ways of, of working and, and, and ideas and plans. And um, I guess we'll, we'll see next season how that uh, how that comes about. Got a few pieces to replace. I, I did see I can't remember the name of it now. Some uh, misguided rag out of Australia, out of Perth, I think, saying the Phoenix are in for a complete rebuild and will be near the bottom next season. Like I think we're only we're only missing three players as far as I'm aware, and it feels like uh, pretty good continuity. Um, I guess the one place that we'll have to look is New Zealand Australian players that can replace Clayton Lewis and Stephen Ugarkovic in the middle. Yeah, I think that's probably the big one at the moment. I think um, you know, I say going. I think there are a few kind of um, uh, people who can who can take up that. Obviously, Alex Paulson's kind of waiting in his wings, and you know, Stefan Marinovic has kind of been floating around New Zealand for a couple of weeks, so whether he's another option. But yeah, I think that's the field's key. And um, I guess uh, yeah, they'll, they've got you know four foreign players signed up for next year. Jan Staff is the only one who's not. So despite his sort of late season form, I think. Um, the importance of, of having a um, uh, uh, to replace someone like Clayton and Ugarkovic, um, it might go to a, to a foreign player, um, but you never know who um, who Giancarlo can 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 drum out. But yeah, I think that central midfield is a big one. But other than that, I think most I think we've got twelve players signed for next season. I think probably the next perhaps most important is, is Callan Elliott, who, who's you know to that right back spot for most of the season. And, um, and, and there's they're not too many Kiwis that I can think of that kind of fit in there straight away. So um, getting him signed up next season will give us a bit more flexibility in terms of how we use you know, Tim Payne and some other players as well. Yeah, 100%, mate. What about uh, this season? Uh, I know we've got two games left. Got to go away to Western Sydney and away to MacArthur to finish the regular season. Uh, if you were to give this season a, a rating out of 10, where would it sit for you? Uh, yeah, it's a bit, of, a bit of a hard one. Maybe a kind of a maybe a six or seven at kind of at times it kind of looked like it was going to kick off and we'd go on a good run like we had in previous seasons but we never quite quite got there a few stumbles and, and, and fell away fell away a little bit towards the end of the season um, I guess yeah, two games that are very winnable um, and I think probably one of them will, will concern our top six um, obviously top four is, is gone so that's uh, disappointing um, about that but um, I, I think I suppose if we sneak in the sixth and, and go out first round, I think that'll probably be a slightly disappointing um, season. Um, I think, yeah, um, that might, um, yeah, cloud, I guess, Vitale's overall record, given he, he won't have won a, a postseason game despite being um, in the playoffs three years uh, out of four. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, how do you think he will be remembered by Yellow Fever, by fans who fuck Tele? Yeah, I think pretty positively. I mean, um, I think yeah, he's been our most consistent um, coach. You know, as um, I say, probably looking at, at three playoff runs, or three playoff positions uh, out of four years, and the one we missed out was by a point. Uh, no, no, no of our previous um, teams um, coaches that have achieved that. Um, I guess um, uh, at different times we've been playing yeah, excellent football, and it, and it wasn't unusual in the, in the last few seasons for 
you know, many commentators say we played some of the best football um, you know, in the league, I think. At times we've just lacked a little bit of consistency. You know, for a couple of seasons we got a good run of sort of 10 or 12 games unbeaten or just one loss, but we didn't quite have the the, the last bit of percentage to, to get a, you know, get a, in a, um, a playoff season run. But I think perhaps a, perhaps a bit of a tenure of, of what if, you know, I think in that first year in 2019 20, we were flying. I think we we're third. They would lost once or twice in the last 15 games and then COVID struck and we, we spent you know, the rest of that season in Australia and I think we won one of our last six games and then limped out of the, the playoffs. So it, it does make you wonder what, what could have happened if, if COVID hadn't come along. We had, a, had that final few six uh, last games and at home you know, playoff game, what, what might have happened because we were looking one of the best sides in, in the league at that stage. Mm, yeah, no, fair, fair. All right, mate, uh, before I let you go, Dale, um, if you're in Giancarlo's shoes... Next season, you can attract one other player from within the A League and ship out one that's currently in the squad. Who are you going for? Oh, gee, uh, you're probably on the spot there. Um, yeah, central midfielder, or maybe, maybe Adam O'Neill from Melbourne City, probably one of the best central midfielders uh, in the league, Australian. I think it sounds like he's going to the UK at some stage, so it's probably very unlikely. Stepping off a player. Um, Oh God! Um, oh, that sounds, sounds mean. Um, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Um, should we just? Tough. It's, it's very tough. Um, should we just say you're happy with the squad then? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, reasonably, I think you know there's some improvements that we can we can make, but um, yeah, I think. There's not a whole heap that not a heap of whole players that have been absolutely dire that uh, I don't I want to see the back of them. Um, I think you know Jan Sass probably had that over in the start of the season. I think he's come well, whereas others have I don't know, maybe struggled at different points. But no one's been absolutely terrible that I, I think I, I wouldn't want to see them play for the Phoenix again, which perhaps reflects I guess perhaps up in the middle of the table season, I suppose. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, Dale. Hey, listen, thanks very much for giving us some time on Phoenix Nation, mate. Keep up the good work at Yellow Fever, eh? Yeah, that sounds good. A couple of minutes away from four o'clock here on Phoenix Nation on SCNZ, brought to you by Oppo, and a, a little bit of news around uh, from the A League. And one of those is a guy who's one of the longest servants in the A League. He's played almost two decades, if you can believe that. Uh, Nikolai Topor Stanley, the man whose nickname is Hyphen, uh, in that time he played for Sydney FC, played for Perth, played for Newcastle, played for West Sydney Wanderers. Now currently at Western United, he has uh, played seven. 17 years in the A-League and he is hanging up his boots at the end of the season at the age of 38. He currently has the second most appearances in A-League history with 379 uh, but going out at 38, that is uh, some stint that he has put in 17 years in the top level of professional football in Australasia. So Nikolai Topol Stanley bowing out at Western United. Also this weekend, well actually tomorrow night, the Phoenix play West Sydney Wanderers and on their books is a guy called Morgan Schneidlin who you might remember from the Premier League. He played for Southampton, he played for Manchester United, he played for Everton. He's revealed this week in a chat with Robbie Cornthwaite in his podcast that he was originally signed to United by Louis van Gaal uh, who had been the Dutch manager and van Gaal at the time was in his ear trying to get Schneidlin to get in the ear of his Southampton or former Southampton teammate at that time, Sadio Mane to sign for United. He, of course, didn't sign for United. He ended up signing for Liverpool. And that worked out all right for him.
and Liverpool as well. Although, who knows where Sadio Mane will be next season after he punched Leroy Sané in the face after their 3-0 loss to Manchester City last week. Uh, a lot of rumours linking with a move back to the UK.